Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. The easiest way to understand your intuition is to take a couple of deep breaths and ask yourself a question. So maybe the question is, should I go to that event on Saturday? And whatever you feel or see, because it may be an image or hear or say to yourself within that first one to two seconds, is your intuition, that is your soul speaking. Normally when it gets past four seconds, it's our ego kicking in, it is our thinking brain, our logical brain just kicking in. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing and serving millions of people in person, on TV and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello friends and a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. So it is a solo episode today and I don't often do solo episodes. It'd be really interesting for me to know from you whether you like these solo episodes. So drop me an email or DM and say, would you like more of these? And I was thinking about why I don't do more solo episodes. And I think it's a few reasons. I think first of all, when I have a guest booked in weekly, I know that I'm going to record Called the podcast. I'm going to do all my research beforehand, all my preparation of questions and really just go for it. Because I guess I've got that accountability in some ways. Whereas I think with a solo episode, because I don't have someone booked in who's got certain skill sets, so I know the podcast is going to have that angle. I guess I have to search a little bit deeper inside me about what I want to talk about. And I've also realized one of the things I enjoy more than anything is conversation. So when I'm actually chatting to somebody else. And when I'm listening to other people's stories, it brings me so much joy. But I feel like solar episodes are really important as well. And I've been really feeling deep inside me, really at a soul level with my intuition that I should be doing more of these solar episodes and really speaking from my heart and speaking from my soul, because I know when I do this, it's therapeutic for me, yes, but I feel like it may just bring a little bit of joy or a little bit of help or maybe even some inspiration to somebody else by me really sharing my vulnerabilities, my truth, talking through things I do both from a personal and a professional point of view. So I decided to just jump on the podcast today and do a solar episode. And what I want to talk about is five things I don't often talk about. So maybe things a little bit surprising about me, maybe things that are a little bit personal. Don't worry, it won't be too much information for you, but I really do want to 
just share a little bit more about me at a deeper level, because when I set up this podcast, that's what I was imagining it would be me talking into a microphone to you guys about my experiences, giving you tips and techniques. And I love, love, love chatting to guests. I mean, anyone that listens to the podcast will know that. But I really do think it's so important that I get on the here and do some solo episodes now and again. So I want to talk about five things today. So the first thing I want to talk a little bit about is yoga. And this seems completely right because I'm recording this just a couple of days after International Day of Yoga. And the first ever International Day of Yoga, I believe, was 2015. Now, I only had Lucia then, Lou wasn't born. And I remember being invited to Alexandra Palace in London for the Om Yoga Show, we're doing a outdoor event to celebrate the first ever International Day of Yoga. And I was asked to teach a class and it was really lovely because I brought Bruce and Lucia along with me. Now, Lucia must have been, oh, 2015. She must have been about three, to be honest. I've got some really cute photos of when we arrived at Alexandra Palace grounds and she saw the schedule for the day and she straight away saw the picture of me and said, mummy, I can see your picture. And they came along, they joined in my class. I remember Lucia sat in her little buggy. And I remember my class, my face yoga class was right at the end of the day. So it was like six o'clock or something like that. And what we did throughout the day, Bruce, Lucia and I was just did lots of different yoga classes. I remember you had to bring your own mat, your own water. There were loads of different sort of stages around. It was a really cool event. And it was a really lovely family immersion into yoga. But my journey with yoga has been very deep and very personal for many, many years. I know loads of you guys have heard my origin story when it comes to yoga of when I was very unwell, I was bedridden with ME, and yoga was one of the very first healing therapies I did. So someone recommended that I do a little bit of yoga. And I think it was my life coach. There was a life coach at the University of Bath that my husband, Bruce, had come across and she had suffered from ME and had overcome it. And I remember booking in for some sessions with her and she was saying to me, one of the big things she did in her recovery was bring yoga into her life. And that's all aspects of yoga, not just the postures, the asanas, but the breath, the way of thinking, the lifestyle. And going back then, you know, we couldn't just go on YouTube or go on social media or Instagram. These things just didn't exist. Social media just wasn't a thing back then. And barely anyone really, let's face it, were using the internet. I mean, this is going back, oh my goodness, to... 2003 or 2004, so quite a while ago now. You know, we were on the internet, but we weren't just attached to our phones like we are now. So what I did was, I think I got a cab into town and I went to an HMV store, which is like a store where you got videos and you got CDs and I got a Jerry yoga. So, you know, Jerry from the Spice Girls. And I think she was doing a yoga DVD with Katie Appleton, who's still a yoga teacher to this day. Many of you may know her. I think she's London based. And I remember putting this VHS videotape in the video recorder in my room and lying in bed and just watching it through. And I knew as I watched it that because I was so unwell, 
that really I couldn't do probably 90% of it. So I remember thinking, okay, so I'm just going to do this warm up. If I can just do this yoga warm up every day from bed, I didn't even need to go out of bed. It was some very gentle stretching and breathing. Then that would be a good test to see if yoga would help me and make a difference for me. So I did. And I so clearly remember being in that bed with the pale blue covers. I remember the picture of the sea, which I'd got from Ikea up on the wall in front of me. And I learned how to breathe properly. I learned how to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose, how to let my abdomen rise on the in-breath, fall on the out-breath. That breathing that I probably hadn't done, let's face it, since I was, what, three, four years old, sometimes five or six, but definitely by then, most of us get into a habit of a much faster and more shallow breathing. And I remember taking that deep, calming, healing breath and just suddenly feeling this rush of oxygen through my entire body and just thinking, oh my goodness, I can really heal myself. I actually feel calm for a moment. And whilst I breathe, I actually feel healthy. And this really kickstarted my journey into lots of different holistic therapies, lots of different mindset work, affirmations, visualizations, nutrition work, and lots of you know my journey from there. But the reason I wanted to give that little introduction to yoga is because yoga has been a huge part of my life since then. I, as you know, taught yoga for many, many years. So taught loads of classes, loads of one-to-one sessions, and then obviously got into face yoga quite soon after that too, and combined the two for many, many years. But from a personal level, I do yoga almost every day. Now I say almost every day because there is of course exceptions, but most days I will do something. Now at the very minimum, I will do a child's pose, maybe a little bit of shaking, maybe a forward bend, maybe a pigeon pose, maybe a hip flexor stretch, some shoulder rolls, neck movements. They're my sort of go-to whatever poses. But I really try and do a full yoga class if I can every day. And since lockdown, so since March 2020, when we're all stuck at home, I made the transition from doing those classes in a studio. So from attending classes in a studio to doing it at home. So I did loads of the Hive, which is a really lovely yoga studio in Bath where I live, which transitioned very quickly when we knew lockdown was coming to online classes. And I would try and do their classes most days, sometimes a 30 minute gentle class, sometimes an hour or hour and a half, stronger class, whatever my body and mind and time allowed me to that day. And I've really tried to continue that. So I probably try and do Hive classes two or three times a week. I also love a really nice teacher called Phoebe Greenacre. Now you may remember her from the podcast. She came on and talked about yoga and what it means to her, somatic therapy, healing. And we talked a lot about whether yoga helps you lose weight. And it's a really interesting episode. So definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But she does a really nice online platform called the Self-Care Space, which is a full library of classes And over the last 18 months or so, I've got really into yin yoga too. So with yin yoga, we're working with the fascia and the meridians and 
We tend to hold poses for three to five minutes. Now that sounds quite extreme, but the poses are completely supported. So you literally are using bolsters or pillows whilst you do the yoga. And it's just so therapeutic. And even Bruce, my husband has got into it. And particularly over the winter time, he was doing classes quite often. And she also does meditations on there. So I'm super lucky because I'm gifted that from Phoebe and also the classes from the Hive as well. So I can dip in and out of those when I like. But even if I'm not guided by someone else, yoga is a huge part of my day personally. I use gratitudes, I use affirmations, I use breath. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a positive, healthy, full of well-being person at all times. No way. But what I love about yoga is it's really a toolbox that I can draw on whenever I need it. So it's so lovely just knowing I've got those things in the background. If I'm low in energy, I know what to do. If I'm very stressed, I know what to do. If I need my body to feel more comfortable, I know what to do. If I want to strengthen, lift my body, I know what to do. And of course, that all relates to the face as well. You know, with face yoga, I have a full toolbox of techniques for the face too. But with yoga, the really interesting thing, it's is one of the only places where I don't try and compete with myself in any way. I don't try and make things perfect. I don't try and push myself. And actually, I don't do that with a lot of my life anyhow. Since I had ME when I was 21, one of the big, big things I realised during that very chronic illness was I was someone who pushed myself too far. I was very competitive. Um, I was very much a perfectionist. And since then, I've really lived with a motto that 80% is better than perfect. And I do that with everything. So I do that, you know, even when I'm writing my books, I write it with my heart and my soul. But I realise in order to get something which I believe is perfect takes so much extra stress, so much extra time and energy. But just doing it to what I believe is 80% just gives me that little bit of, oh, that little bit of just relaxation. And most people look at it and they, they're, you know, they're really, really pleased with it. Nobody else sees it as 80%, but my 80% perhaps is someone else's 100% or 150%. I don't know. But for me, that's a really nice way of thinking of it. But when I'm on the mat, I don't even have that thought. I don't even think 80% is better than perfect. I just do what my body wants to do. I've never, ever try to get perfect as a crow pose. I can hold a crow pose, you know, that balance pose where you're on your arms for probably two or three seconds. Now I know if I worked at it every day, I probably would improve. However, I almost don't want to because I don't want another thing in my life that I'm working on. I really want yoga to be the one place where I don't have to work. And yes, I do do poses which push my body sometimes and I really feel those muscles working. And the next day I've got those DOMS, you know, that delayed onset muscle soreness where I know that my muscles have had a good workout. Yes, entirely, I do that. But I don't ever think to myself, I'm going to work on this. I'm really going to get better at this. I rarely do headstands or handstands. I can do a headstand using the support of a wall. Again, I mean, I've been a yogi for 17 plus years. You would imagine that I could do this. But again, I know it's something I would really have to persevere at and work at. And I don't want to do that. I know one day, naturally, I'll just go into these things and it'll just feel like a really organic process to get there. But until that point happens, I'm really happy just to do what my body wants to do, move as my body wants to move. And often when I roll out the mat, 
My only goal is to feel good while I'm on the mat and as I leave the mat to feel better than when I started. So when I have that thought in mind, it doesn't matter whether it's gentle or fast or strong or easy. I just want to feel better than when I first got on the mat. So yoga is a huge part of my life. And that's one thing which I really just wanted to delve in today. And maybe it's not a hugely surprising thing. I know this podcast is about things that may surprise you about me, but that's something I really wanted to, to talk about. And it maybe is surprising, you know, that I don't do these more extreme poses, but if you are new to yoga, I would definitely say start gentle, start easy, do some breathing techniques. I've actually got two body yoga apps. I've got the 10 minute natural body lift and 10 minute natural mood lift. And you can get those on DVD or you can get those on apps. So you just search Danielle Collins on your app store. And the body yoga one is really nice because it's all in 10 minute sections, all working a different part of the body, really toning and firming and lifting. And it's a combination of yoga and Pilates. And the wellbeing app and also DVD is the same content. It's again, all in 10 minute sections. So you can do either as like a full six 60 minute class or six, 10 minute sections. And both apps, by the way, have some bonus tracks too. But the wellbeing one, so the 10 minute natural mood lift one, has loads of really gentle yoga in meditation, breathing techniques, visualizations. So if you want to get those as apps, both of those apps are just a one-off fee of 9.99. So that's British pound, 10 British pounds. And the video's yours for life. So there's no subscription or anything like that. But that's a really nice way to just delve into yoga and have a really lovely little structured program because I know what it's like when you sort of think, okay, I'm going to do yoga. And then you go onto somewhere like YouTube or something like that. And you think, oh my goodness, I don't know where to start. I mean, I look back at those days where you could get maybe like two yoga DVDs in a video shop and it was much simpler because you didn't have that huge choice. So that's why my apps exist, you know, to really make things simple. And the next thing about me, which may well surprise you, but my front two teeth are actually not real. I've actually got veneers on those front two teeth. Now, this is something which was only done probably four months ago, four or five months ago. Anyhow, so I have quite naturally crooked teeth. I never had braces as a child. And what I've learned over the years, particularly delving into the world of face yoga, is I have a lot of issues with an asymmetric jaw, a very narrow jaw. Um, my jaw didn't develop wide enough for my teeth to develop straight. I do mouth breathing more than I should. My tongue is weaker than it should. And of course, I'm correcting this all through my face yoga techniques. But a lot of these things came from childhood. And you may have noticed that I did two podcasts actually on this. We've got two about tongue posture, both with functional dentists who talk exactly about why this happens in childhood, which are super interesting if you want to go back and listen to those with those two doctors. But actually, I spoke to my chiropractor about getting some braces, so something like Invisalign, just to straighten up my teeth. Now, I'm nearly 40 and, you know, my teeth have always been like this and it's never been a big deal. I've never felt unconfident about it. No one's ever really said anything to me about it. So it's not a massive issue. But I just thought, actually, it'd be nice to have my teeth just a little bit straighter. And I wasn't looking for this, you know, perfect, full porcelain veneers, Hollywood smart by any means just wanted to straighten those front two teeth, which were a little bit 
well, a little bit crooked, to be honest. And I've got a few teeth that are crooked, but it was really those ones that were the main ones. And when I spoke to my chiropractor, she said, because I am very prone to TMJ. So if you don't know about TMJ, there's a little joint, which is, you'll feel it's like a little ball joint just on the edge of your ear, just at the top of your jaw there. And that can get very tight and very painful. Now, again, because of face yoga, this is not a big deal because I massage it regularly. I release it regularly. I don't get any regular pain from TMJ, but I know my face is asymmetrical and I know that I've got cranial issues, which really have probably come from birth, to be honest with you. And many of those issues do come from our births. And unless we are corrected with cranial osteopathy or chiropractic, when we're sort of a few days old. And by the way, I've taken both of my little girls for chiropractic for since they were probably Lilia three or four days old and Lucia maybe five weeks old, something like that. So I'm hoping that that does prevent a few issues. But I'm even noticing actually with Lucia already that there are certain cranial issues and jaw issues which are starting to come up. So first of all, no one's perfect. And second of all, you know, it's amazing how certain habits, postural habits, certain food we eat, certain way that we breathe, all of that can affect that area. So because my chiropractor said, look, just don't have braces or Invisalign because it could really just cause you a lot of problems. I then spoke to my dentist about it and I said, look, what other options are there? You know, because I don't really want to be messing around with a brace for 18 months, A, because it's a bit of a hassle and B, because I don't want to bring any cranial issues on. And he said, well, what we can do is we can just put a little tiny cap, a porcelain veneer cap over the top of your front two teeth. Now, on both of my teeth, he probably just shaved down, I think he said like half a millimeter. So it was tiny amount. I mean, I know you hear people that have veneers and it goes right down to a tiny, tiny stub, but I've actually got almost completely my two normal teeth underneath these caps. So when I had these veneers put on, let me tell you, <laughs> what a journey. So you, they put temporary ones on. So they slightly do that tiny bit of filing and then you put temporary ones on for a about three weeks, I think, whilst yours are being made in the lab. Now, little did I know that A, these temporary ones would feel hugely uncomfortable and B, they would just be so discoloured so quickly and I basically would look like I had two black front teeth, which was grim. Anyhow, this massively affected my job because as you know, almost every day I'm in front of the camera. So, Interestingly, I did a few videos with no talking for my YouTube channel and they ended up being super popular, which since then I've done more with no talking. But isn't it funny how you have a happy accident like that? Anyhow, so I went back, I had the two veneers put in and then the two either side of my front teeth, he did a little bit of bonding in just to sort of blend it in. So he just adds almost like a little bit of resin to your two teeth that are there. Now, yesterday I went back and saw my dentist because my bottom ones are quite crooked and there's not a huge amount he can do about that because they are all really crowded at the front. So because they're so crowded, unless I was going to go for braces to try and move that, there's not much he can do. So he did a tiny little bit of that composite resin bonding on one of them just to slightly straighten it. So it's not, it's not hugely different to be honest. And if you look at it, so you may think, well, oh, they're still a bit crooked, but in the great scheme of things, it does doesn't matter. 
But I haven't talked a huge amount about it, to be honest, because I guess I felt a bit strange because everything I do is supernatural. It's supernatural, not supernatural like that, but really natural, <laughs> really natural. Obviously, I don't get Botox. I don't get fillers. I've never had any plastic surgery. And that's the only thing I've done, which is cosmetic, I guess. But it's absolutely fine because I'm not injecting anything which is toxic into my body. I'm not putting myself under a general anesthetic to go through a huge surgery. And by the way, I'm not against any of those things because as you guys who listen regularly know, I am all for women having the choice. Really, we need to just embrace that. If you want to go and get Botox and fillers and surgery and it makes you feel healthier, happier, more confident, I say go for it. You know, you do you for sure. But yeah, I was a bit, oh, should I say anything about it? And then I was like, do you know what? I'm going to talk about it on the podcast today. And I'm also going to have my dentist on the podcast as well, coming up probably, I imagine, within the next month or so, because I'd love him to chat a little bit about issues such as TMJ. Like I have quite a significant overbite. And also for him to talk about different options people can do for cosmetic dentistry without being too invasive and what options there are for people that don't want to do things too long term term or they don't want to pay huge amounts of money for it. So yes, that is the second maybe surprising thing about me. I'm not sure, but that is number two. Now, number three is all about my soul and souls in general. Now, again, it may be a little bit of a crazy thing to talk about, but I feel if you listen to this podcast, you're quite open-minded when it comes to spirituality. And when I'm talking about spirituality here, I'm certainly not saying anything against religion because I believe you can be spiritual in almost the new age or woo-woo sense and also religious too. You know, I was brought up Christian. I have definitely got Christian beliefs. I'm also very spiritual. So you can really combine the two. But when I'm talking about soul, something which I've delved into massively, and I probably say since about 2019, is really being aware, not only of my soul purpose, but just being aware of my soul in general. And I've really been coming to the thought that we are just not our body. We are not our mind. Because if we were our body and mind, then it would stay exactly the same forever. But it doesn't. You know, we start as a baby. We then become a, a child, a teenager. We then go on to become an adult and an older person. So our body changes all the time. But who we are deep down never changes. And that is our soul. And I've also been thinking a lot about death recently. And whatever religion you are, or if you've got no religion at all, then you may believe that there is something after we die. And for me, I believe that our soul's eternal. So our soul lives on. So the moment we die, yes, our body stops. And even if you get cremated, for example, your body is burnt, or if you're buried, your body will disintegrate, but your soul is eternal and lives on. Perhaps our soul goes to heaven, perhaps we're reincarnated, perhaps our soul goes to somewhere we don't know about, perhaps souls live around us all the time. I mean, none of us will know the answer to that, but it's given me so much peace just having that real understanding that whatever happens to my body when I go through health issues, when I go through stress, whatever happens in my mind, if I feel worried, if I feel anxious, None of that is really me. The real me is my soul. And my soul is ever living, ever knowing, ever peaceful, ever calm. 
And the lovely thing about that is it's helped me really delve more into my intuition. And I'm actually almost all the way through now my Reiki 2 training. I've done my Reiki 1 and that's really helped me as well delve deeper into this spirituality, into this soul purpose, that understanding of my soul as well. And my intuition It's how I live a huge part of my life. I run a lot of my business through intuition. I run a lot of, a lot of what I do day to day, really through my intuition. And the more I step into that, the happier and healthier I am, because really my intuition is my soul speaking. And I did an Instagram post about a week or two ago, and you may have heard me talk about it last week, actually, on the podcast with Katie Brindle when we're talking about traditional Chinese medicine. But I talked about the easiest way to understand your intuition is to take a couple of deep breaths and ask yourself a question. So maybe the question is, should I go to that event on Saturday? And whatever you feel or see, because it may be an image or hear or say to yourself within that first one to two seconds is your intuition. That is your soul speaking. Normally when it gets past four seconds, it's our ego kicking in. It is our thinking brain, our logical brain just kicking in. So I really try and delve into that and never ignore that, you know, that feeling of gut instinct. But the thing I would say is sometimes it's difficult. And even now I'm practicing a lot more of connecting to my soul and to my intuition. What I do find tricky sometimes is seeing the difference between fear and intuition. So sometimes I feel like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't do that thing. And I have to ask myself, is that my fear speaking or is it my intuition? Because gut instinct can sometimes be our fear speaking. And the way I try and sort of delve into the difference between these two is when it's intuition, it's normally peaceful. Even if intuition is saying, no, don't do that thing. You're going to upset so many people by saying no, or this is going to leave you very vulnerable, or this might lose you money or whatever it might be. There's a sense of peace about it. And that's usually your intuition speaking. When you just feel super uncomfortable with every part of you, it gives you huge anxiety then often that is fear. And it is super difficult to distinguish between the two. And let me tell you, I am still on that journey with working out the difference between the two. But I just wanted to share that little tip about being at peace. And that's usually the best way to find the difference between the two. So yes, a little bit out there, maybe a little bit woo-woo, maybe, but I just wanted to delve into that today because I'm doing this solo podcast really from the heart and I wanted to speak about everything that is going on with me at the moment and delving into intuition and soul definitely are big things at the moment. And the fourth thing I wanted to speak about today was my iron journey and now what I know as my celiac disease journey. Now I talked a little bit about it on my Instagram stories and actually I do want to do a full podcast on this and I think it'd be really helpful to get my doctor on to talk about it as well too. But I wanted to share it because it's a real part of what I've been going through at the moment, but also again, perhaps it may help someone. So about two years ago, I had a phone call 
from Sally Jacks, a friend of mine who's a TV presenter. And again, she actually came on and did a podcast and we talked about it, talked about iron and we talked about how her iron deficiency was really related to mental health issues too. But Sally called me and she said to me, Danielle, I just wanted to tell you about this because I know you're in the health and wellness world. I have found out that my ferritin levels, so my iron stores, are much lower than they should be. And I've also found out how common this can be amongst women, particularly have gone through pregnancies and miscarriages, which I've gone through two miscarriages and two pregnancies. And she said, look, I want to tell you just because you've got a platform and perhaps you can spread the word on it. Now, I found it really interesting, everything she was talking about. And as she started to list a lot of the symptoms, so restless leg syndrome, dizziness, hair loss. Oh my gosh, I was so, I can't even remember now, weakness, um, heavy bleeding, like there was so many symptoms. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm suffering from those. But none of them were so chronic that they were stopping my life. Anyway, so I went and had a blood test and I sent the blood test result straight through to Dr. Caitlin Scott, who's in a private practice in London. And she looked through everything and read my story as well. And she said, you are practically running on empty. You've almost got such low iron stores that you're getting to the point where you probably won't be able to function properly soon. And I was like, oh my goodness. So within probably a day and a half, I was in the clinic for an iron infusion. Now I had the iron infusion, fairly uneventful, got the train home and then felt horrendous for six days. I I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow. It was awful. Then I was fine, literally probably about day seven, I was completely fine. And I then within probably another couple of weeks started to notice all those symptoms that I was suffering from almost going. I felt so much energy, like my energy had come back like nothing else. I was finding when I was washing my hair, I wasn't losing hair at night. My skin colour looked healthier, more vibrant. I didn't have the restless legs. I was noticing things like shortness of breath had gone. I felt calmer. Just everything felt better. So this was in April 2019. So probably for almost all of 2019 in the first part of 2020, I really felt good. Now, then going into 2020, I started to notice these symptoms were slipping back. Now, I had, I remember, let me think, April was it? Maybe April 2020, I had shingles. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm not feeling good because I had that. And in March, I actually had a bout of flu, which looking back could have been COVID, but who knows? I'll never know now. So I was sort of attributing just little underlying niggly issues I had to those things rather than, and also, of course, the fact I was homeschooling kids and running a full-time business. (laughs) So I was thinking, yeah, okay, so stress is a huge huge reason why we get a lot of those symptoms. So time sort of ticked on and I carried on. And then I, the beginning of 2021, so probably about February this year, I got really dizzy and I fainted. And suddenly I thought to myself, oh my goodness, and my ferritin levels got really low again. Now I looked up all about this and I realised that once you have an iron infusion, that's meant to last you for life. So my iron levels have gone up really high. And unless there was an underlying reason, perhaps I was bleeding really, really heavily, which I didn't feel I was. I have one heavy day of bleeding, which my doctor tells me is heavier than it should be, but it wasn't excessive to get to the point where my iron levels, well, my my ferritin levels, my iron stores 
had got lower than they had before the first infusion. So once I'd had these blood test results, I sent them through to, so I did that at my local GP and I sent these through to Dr. Caitlin Scott. And she said, look, I think you're going to need another iron infusion. About 20% of people do, but what we need to find out is what the underlying issue is. So I went and had probably about three or four weeks ago, went and had a half iron infusion this time and they gave me a different type to last time. So I felt super tired and wasn't able to move much for about two days after, but after that I was fine. So I definitely wasn't ill as last time. But Dr. Caitlin Scott did lots of different tests on me as well to try and get to the bottom of why my ferritin had got too low. And she actually diagnosed me as celiac. Now, celiac is having a severe intolerance or allergy to gluten, so wheat and rye and barley. And I sort of knew this. This is going back to that gut instinct and that really knowing through your intuition. I probably knew that about me a few years ago, probably even prior to me having the eye infusion, because I have been about 95% gluten-free for nearly three years, I would say now. And it meant that Dr. Caitlin couldn't do the same test as you usually would because I would have to eat full gluten for six weeks and then they would have to test me throughout for the antibodies. But obviously we discussed this at length and realised that me doing six weeks of eating gluten would make me really ill because every time I eat gluten, I get swelling in my joints, particularly in my fingers. I get bloating in my stomach. So I feel really tired. I feel lethargic. I get constipated. So I knew that that wouldn't be right. So she did a series of other tests but one of the biggest things that she knew is because my iron had got so low that actually when you are celiac, your small intestine lining is basically affected by the gluten. I won't go into the whole science pine. I'm going to get Dr. Caitlin to talk a little bit more about this when she comes on the podcast. But what is happening is I'm not absorbing iron through my small intestine, basically, and a few other nutrients too. So she also found out I was very low in magnesium and low in vitamin D as well, which is very, very common in this country. I mean, yes, I wear SPF on my face every day, but whenever the sun's out and it's warm enough to expose parts of my body without sun cream, I do that. But let's face it, living in the UK and working a lot means that I'm just not getting that sunshine in the way I should. But even if I was taking the strongest tablets, it probably wouldn't have got absorbed through my gut because I was still eating 5% gluten. So I have to be 100% gluten-free now. I do have to have some vitamin D injections and I will absorb this much better. And when I eat vitamin D rich foods, once my gut is all healed, then I will also absorb that better too. So it's good news all around really. But I wanted to share that because that is a big part of, of what I'm going through. And hopefully in the next week or so, I should start to notice significant difference in my energy again, once the iron really kicks in. And the final thing I wanted to talk about in this solar episode today was insecurities. Now, I feel this is such an important thing to share because we all have insecurities. And I would say generally I'm a confident person. Am I a naturally confident person? I'm not sure. Do I know the tools to keep myself very confident? Absolutely, yes. And I've been using these for a long, long time now. And I have no problem, you know, standing in front of people speaking or going on camera. And it's because I do lots of visualization and breathing and affirmations and everything on a daily basis, which keeps my confidence about me and who I am up. 
but I'm also only human. And I think living in the day and age we do, and particularly doing a job like I do, where I am on camera and my face is looked at every single day by, let's face it, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of people. And of course, I do have to deal occasionally with trolls and with negative comments. Sometimes insecurities do get to you. And one of the biggest things I'm finding now, because I'm six months away from being 40, is that I sometimes feel insecurities when I look at myself compared with friends or colleagues or peers of a similar age that have had more invasive procedures. So Botox or villas or surgery. Because my face does look like someone that's nearly 40, let's face it. So I have got a few lines on my face. I've got areas which are a little bit saggy. I've got areas of my face that get spotty sometimes. I really do accept that that is completely normal. And generally, I would admit, and you may agree or you may not agree, that my skin looks quite good for my age. You know, I'm nearly 40, but my skin does look quite good. But it's not the perfection which I see of people that have had Botox or fillers, because of course it does. You know, when I smile, you see my eye lines. You see that as my face's age has got slimmer around the cheek area because I've lost some of that fat and I haven't had the fillers put in. And sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I do feel insecure about that. And I just want to say, guys, I've just looked out the window there and I have seen the most beautiful, big white feather on top of my summer house roof there. And it's huge and it's just rolling around that. And for me, white feathers are such a sign from angels and through people that have passed and through spirit guides. And whenever I see a white feather, it's usually a little indication to me that I'm being looked after, but I'm also on the right the right path. So I just wanted to quickly intervene and just say that I'd seen that. So maybe that is the little sign that I'm talking from my heart today, but there's a reason for that. And maybe that's helping somebody, somebody that's listening. Maybe it's even helping you. Anyway, going back to what I was saying about my insecurities. So I guess I just think to myself, what is wrong with not having that? And that's what I've got to say. What is wrong with not having that? I will look older. You know, in 10 years time, I'm going to be 50. In 20 years time, I'm going to be 60. And if I continue to make the choices to not have those invasive procedures, which I'm, you know, 99.9% that I will, because face yoga is so amazing, that I will have to accept that my face will age. I can't stop that. Face yoga helps me absolutely. And, you know, I'm the first to say that I've believe my skin does look good. And that is because of face yoga, but I will also be aging. And I guess I'm saying this because first of all, I wanted to say that is an insecurity that I've been having recently, not overwhelming, not all the time, but just occasionally. But second, just to maybe affirm to myself, look, I am getting older. Yes, I am making the choice to see my own face and put my face out there all the time. Like my husband said to me, he said, you do really well doing that because most people would struggle just by putting their face out there and people seeing every part of them every day and seeing that transition. You know, you can look back and see me 15 years ago on videos and things. So people are following my journey and how my face is aging, but I feel like it's okay. And even just talking it through now feels really therapeutic to say that, I mean, I'm not super old and I know that people listening will maybe be in their sixties or seventies and say, you know, Danielle, you're so young still. Or maybe someone listening is in their twenties or thirties and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, 40 just feels so far off and I completely get it. So 
really my goal is just to look and feel as healthy and happy as I can for my age. And do you know what? I don't actually want to look 21. I just want to look 40 and healthy for 40. But I think that my goal, and I'm saying this now, you know, I'm saying this on this safe space that's this podcast, because I know you guys that listening are such an amazing supportive community, but I am just going to stand up and be proud of my face and say that, yes, my face maybe doesn't look as good as as friends that are doing those invasive procedures, but I'm doing what is the right path for me. And it's going back to that sole purpose and that intuition. And my intuition says, you know, don't do these things. And face yoga absolutely is the thing which is going to help you look great and feel great for many, many years to come. So I know that one was a bit of a ramble and it was hugely honest, but I saw my little white feather. So hopefully it was the right thing to do. Anyway, guys, I'm going to jump off now. And I just want to say a huge thank you. If you have listened all the way to the end of this podcast, I feel so much gratitude for you. Thank you for just letting me into your life, letting me into your ear pods or your headphones or into your car or into your home, wherever you're listening to this. I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you so, so so much. And please do let me know how you got on with this solo episode. Lots and lots of love. Bye-bye. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.